0: to talk to you this morning about that armor of light. And and just for a few minutes, we want to spend to to get in our heart how that we can arm ourselves with what God has told us to be armed with. And probably uh, this, I'll be talking with it all month long. We're going to talk about the warfare that's contained in the Christmas story. But this is probably the strongest piece of protection. That an individual or a family could gather around. So today, if you have opportunity, you may want to take just a few notes. At least jot down the scriptures that would relate to it, because this armor of light is given to us. We're com- given to us by the Lord. We're commanded to put on that armor. Now, in James chapter four, verse eight says, "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to us." Really, what God is speaking to our heart is that the armor of light is literally the presence of God. We must all come into a place where we can can enter into a greater degree. Somebody say greater degree. A greater degree of the presence of God. The greater the degree of the presence of God, the more abilities God is able to minister into our life. Now, that was proven over and over again through the New Testament. What that means is, if I am not receiving what God has promised me, I need to move closer to God. Because in the process of moving closer or moving into His presence, the closer I get to God. You know, I may see you from a distance and I can't really tell who you are. But the closer I get to you, the more I'm going to recognize you. Amen? So it's just so important that we understand whatever it is in my life that is not working, whatever it could be withheld, then the answer for that is for me to move to a closer position with the Lord. Oh, there's some powerful scriptures that say that all through scripture. In Psalms 105, it says it this way. Seek and deeply long for the Lord and His strength, His power, and His might. Seek and deeply long for His face. And His presence continually. Now, when we're talking about the armor of light, Jesus Himself used this as a great means of strength and power in His life. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over with me to the book of Matthew, in chapter 17, and verse 1. And then it begins to reveal to us, even Jesus Himself clothed Himself with His armor. And the Bible says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up into a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. We call this the Mount of Transfiguration. This is Jesus in preparation of the walk that he is soon to walk through the walk of Calvary. Jesus himself knew that he needed an armor of light that would be on his life. So what Jesus did, he went up into the mountain of God, in the presence of God, and God revealing himself in this marvelous light. The Bible said came down and Jesus was transfigured. That's the word metamorpho, which is the word that we get of metamorphosis. Jesus went through a complete change. Every cell in his body became invigorated with the power and the strength of God. What was not prepared. And now let me say this. Somebody says, well, you know, Jesus could do anything. But let me say, Jesus, when he walked earth, it wasn't that he wasn't God, because he was fully God. But Jesus' earth walk was the demonstration of the way that we're to walk earth. Jesus' life is given in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as an example of the way that I am to live life and that you're to live life and the character of the world. It tells us how to deal with enemies. It tells us how to deal with times of weakness. It tells us how to deal with times of difficulty. Just, the wonderful thing, the wonderful stories that's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not that God could do it, but God could, could, could become man and Jesus, as my example, did it. So it's a marvelous, powerful story there. So when Jesus went through this change, Jesus is explaining to me, you will need this change at times in your life. You will need my armor of light or the armor of my presence. The Bible said, remember, in Isaiah chapter 60, that it's the glory of God that we're talking about. It's simply, it's when I enter into a position of the presence of God, I have to recognize there there is always a deeper experience with the presence of God. I haven't arrived, and you haven't arrived yet. There's a deeper experience. Would you just say that out loud? There's a deeper experience for me. Amen. Uh, We realize that the manifestations of the presence of God. uh, God is omnipresent. That means He's everywhere. And then what we talked about the last time on this, that there is a manifested presence. When we come together as a church body, that we come together as a manifested presence of God. What I'm saying, it's just stronger. Things happen here today that would not happen in your living room. (laughs) Do you understand? Because there's something that happens when the arms and the legs and the the eyeballs and everything comes together. When it all begins to fit together, God God is magnified in that. And so we see the manifested, the Old Testament called the Shekinah. The Shekinah, glory of God, is able to come. That's why when you see an opportunity happening like it did this morning, if you've got a need in your life, just run to the place where the light is shining. Man, run to the front and take part in what God is doing in you. Right now, as I'm preaching this morning, there, you have an opportunity to be ministered to. The presence of God is here in a stronger way. It's more than God everywhere. God is here because two or three are gathered together in His name. So God is showing up. So sit there and all through this service, just receive into yourself from the presence of God. But what I'm talking about today is not even the manifested presence of God. It's the personal presence of God. I want to talk to you today about what the personal presence of God can do in your life. And what the personal presence of God can bring to pass. Now, if, if I was to list, I've got lots of lists of this. Um, and I could just run through those. That God's presence brings joy, spiritual growth, divine rest, freedom from sin. It removes insecure thoughts. It's a sense of knowing. It's wisdom. In the presence of God, there's peace. There's confidence. All these things come in the presence of God. Plus, many more. But I've been sent here today, I believe, of the Lord, to share with you... Seven that's important to you That you need to know at this time Is available to you In the presence of God Now to have these things available to you There's some things you've got to know Number one, God wants me to be a student of His Word Somebody hold up His Word, would you? Yeah I, I expected somebody to stand Because His Word is really in your heart <laughs> That... uh but, but we, we become students of the Word. Two, two things God expects when I come to the Lord, that I become a student of His, of His Word and that I become a student of His presence. Those two things are vitally important. Most of the time, we can understand the student of the Word because that's form of knowledge. I can tell you how far I am. So what? But God is also saying, not only do I, you, we need to be a student of His presence, we need, I mean, of His Word, we need to be a student of His Word. And uh, a presence, pardon me. There's two vital things in the presence of God I need to know. One thing is I need to be able to hear God. I need to to have the presence of God in my life where I'm able to hear God. The second thing is I need the presence of God in my life where I can be led by the Spirit of God. Uh, God knows how to do everything all the time. (laughs) And so, number one, I must know how to hear God. And the second thing is I I must develop my heart or my spirit. I must develop to the point where I can be led by the Spirit of God. Now, there's to, to get me to that place, let me quickly tell you, there's a few things I have to get checked off in my life. Number one, I've got to recognize my need. I've got to recognize the need. I mean, see, the Bible over and over again is proving that closer to God brings greater benefit from God. I mean, that's found in the woman with the issue of blood. She said, you know, if I can just touch, she was arm's length, but, but she wasn't close enough to get that type of need met until she spanned that distance of an arm's length. When she was able then to get to the place to touch the hem of his garment. I tell you, proximity means everything when it comes from receiving from the Lord. Proximity means everything. We're talking about the presence of God. We just had to get close enough. And over and over again, it's just like Elijah running with his depression and discouragement and suicidal spirit. That even though he had done great victories for the Lord, there he, this spirit of... Discouragement has so taken hold of his life. But he knew if he could just get to the presence of God, things would be okay. So he went into the mountain, went into the cave, and sure enough, God showed up in his presence, and in a moment of time, he was free. I'm telling you, it's, it's proximity of the Lord, too. When we're talking about the presence of God in our life, we're talking about how close to the presence of God. I'm not talking about how you're living. I'm not speaking of that. I'm talking about us learning... To move into the presence of God and learning to uh, be able to associate there with it. All right, the first thing is then I must learn to I must learn to recognize I must recognize my need. Um, second thing is I must dedicate a time I must dedicate a time to sit to stand or to kneel in His presence with the desire of growing of being closer to God. I must dedicate a time if I'm going to be a student of His presence. How did I become a student of His Word? It's by opening that book and reading that book daily into my life. Amen? Well, how am I going to become a student of His presence? That I'm going to dedicate a time to where I will either sit, stand, or kneel with the desire to be closer to God. And to begin to develop. The third thing is this. Not only must I recognize the need, and not only must I dedicate time, I must cultivate a sense of His presence. I've got to know when He gets here. I've got to understand, I've got to, I've got to cultivate that in my life. I I must cultivate, I, I dedicate a time to God that, Lord, I want to, I want to be in Your presence more. And I'm asking You, I tell you what, some people are very good at drawing the presence of God. Some people, when they go deer hunting, they know how to take a little deer scent and draw a deer. I'm telling you what, you need to draw the presence of God. We need to learn how to do that, to draw the presence of God. And there are certain things that God likes. As I worship and I pray, automatically I know that's going to draw the presence of God. So I need to cultivate in my life the awareness of His presence. I need to cultivate. I, I must, I, so, so I can tell, I, Lord, I, I, I sent you. I can say the Bible says in the book of Acts, this is one of the great challenges of the New Testament, was to sense or to feel after God. We cultivate it. We learn to feel after God. Well, not only must I learn to cultivate the sense of His presence, I must learn then, once I learn to cultivate, I must learn how to receive out of His presence. I mean, I must learn how to receive. The, the lady said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I can receive. I mean, we have to learn how to receive. Once you, once you get into the presence of God, then you have to learn how to receive, how to draw, how, 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 to, uh, how to get it in you. And, and, and that in itself is a process that God teaches. God loves to share with people, God loves to share himself with you. I tell you what, you're not running after God and Him running from you. You're running toward God and He's running towards you. That's what the Bible says. You're seeking God and God is seeking after you. Amen. Things happen in His presence. All right, now we talked about Jesus, what happened when He got in that extra presence of God? When on the Mount, God the Father came down, things began to shine. And when things begin to shine, Jesus was transfigured. He went through changes there in the presence of God. All right, so I'm going to tell you very quickly the seven things that can happen to you and I if we will dedicate a time, cultivate the presence of God, and learn to receive out of Him. These are seven things that can happen in our life. All right, the first thing is this. There's a supernatural... Oh, I, I love everything here is termed supernatural. I love that. It's supernatural stabilizing begins to take place. You being in the presence, dedicating the time to the presence of God and saying, God, I want to know You more. I, I want to sense You. I, I, I want to feel Your presence. Now, I, I want to be a student not only of Your Word, I want to be a student of Your presence. There's something about sitting, standing, or kneeling in the presence of God that begins to stabilize our life. And especially in the sense of your emotions. In fact, the Bible says that we become sound mind. That He did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and sound mind. I don't know about you, but I've been in a lot of battles where my emotions were trying to ruin my opportunity of getting my victory. But what I have found personally over the number of years, that just sitting in His presence would begin to stabilize my emotions. And where for moments before, frazzled, loose ends, couldn't figure out which way was up, all of a sudden, a stability comes in. Praise the Lord. Amen. The second thing that happens is a supernatural... I love that word. How many of you love that word? When we talk about the presence of God, we just we can always qualify by saying the supernatural. Well, well the supernatural knowing is transferred into us that is beyond words. A supernatural knowing. I, I, it's hard to explain, but many of you have experienced it. As you was, so many of you have experienced it in a smaller basis here at church. Now all of a sudden you wouldn't know what to do. I cannot tell you how many times I would kneel at this altar, but when not knowing what to do. But when i get up. I would know what to do. There is a supernatural knowing. Knowing knowledge. Uh, That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It calls it the gift of knowledge. Uh, It's not just knowing things. Man, I can go to school and know things. But it's knowledge that only God has. That in a moment of time... By moving into His presence, God can drop that knowledge into us. Amen? It's, it's, it's like this. It's like a, a horse. How, how many of you love horses? Now, if Jillian was in here, she would raise her hand. Oh, I, I've always had this marvelous love for horses. And I, I love one because the Bible in itself teaches us in the use of a horse... It teaches us how to train our spirits. And, and just, just as a horse, you know, if, you, if you've if you got a horse that's unbroken and you're getting on that horse and you're trying to teach it to go in the direction you want it to go, some people, if they want to go backwards, they just turn around and get in the backwards on their saddle, but that's the, not a good way to do it. But, but what happens is that you put a rein and you can literally begin to pull that head... Of that horse. This is what I'm talking about. Knowing comes in all different directions. You can begin to pull the head of that horse, but that's not the best way because you want that horse to go from that to the place where that horse then can feel the rein. And literally, the rein itself, the strap that comes out of the horse's mouth, the bit, Literally touches the neck. And when it touches that neck, that horse knows immediately which way to turn. If this if this touches on the right side, it immediately begins. And that horse will respond. But that's still not the best. The best way I, I, how many of you know what I talking about when I talk about a woods horse? A horse that's been trained to take care of you in the woods. I mean, it's more than that horse running into a tree. It's that horse walking under a tree that the limb's about five foot high and all of a sudden you find yourself ten foot behind the horse. (laughs) Uh, Because literally, that horse learns to take care of you. And that horse is always looking and always searching for the best way for himself, but for you. But then there is this way to where the rider and the horse becomes one. And In the Bible, we're called war horses. Do you know that? We are what Jesus rides into battle on. That's what the book of Job said. We're literally war horses under the Lord. And through the presence of God, you learn. You go from the reigning God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Let me pull you around. Till, Lord, I feel that rain on my side. And you begin to yield to it. But then the best way is where the horse and the rider becomes one. It's where all the rider has to do is lean his body. Literally, when you watch a championship Barrel racing, and that kind of done. It's not that that horse is being guided by that that, ho- that horse and that rider. Is simply that horse is responding to that rider leaning. As that rider leans, I don't know about you, but that's where the presence of God wants to carry me. To so where, when I don't know which way to turn, and if I don't know the right hand or the left. That in the presence of God is cultivated where I can sense my writer, my Jesus, my king, my Lord. I can sense the movement that he wants us to move in. Amen? Okay. All right. Number three is, so i got to hurry, is spiritual unctions and promptings. It's like little nudges, gentle nudging of the Lord. Um, I don't know how many of you, but man, this is probably having me a thousand times. Uh, as in the presence of God, you're sitting, you've got time dedicated to the presence of God, you're dedicated, Lord, I want to be closer to you. And you begin to call, and you begin to sense God's presence. Then all of a sudden, you begin to sense that nudging. And somebody says, how did you know to do that? Well, I didn't know to do that. <laughs> I just felt nudged by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gets this little gentle nudging that He's able to do. And He'll nudge you to the left. He'll nudge you to the right. What's the rest of that song? But the Holy Spirit has that ability. And that's what He teaches us in His presence. Uh, It's it's like this. I, I have six kids, 17 grandkids. In the process of the six kids. So many times we would be at places where all six and we were like ants everywhere. I and mean, anywhere you go, they were like crawling. Well, where's that one going? Where's that one going? Where's that one going? Where's that one going? And you yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, Darlene, you you have your puppies really trained, but but we didn't have our kids that well trained. Uh, but but what I felt like is the promptings that I learned as a dad, if I got them into a group, I would gently take my hand, lay it on their head. And I would just gently, they didn't know where I was going. They didn't know they couldn't figure out how to get through the crowd because I was the tall one, they were the short one. They couldn't see. But I would gently move their head in the direction they would go. That's the nudging of the Lord. You may not know what to do in your situation. You may not know how to turn it around. But I tell you what, God knows everything. (laughs) And you will begin to sense the hand of the Lord as literally it begins to be placed upon you. And it begins to nudge you in that right direction. The fourth thing is, it's a wisdom of knowing how and why. So many times in my life, I've known what to do. But where I lost it is how to do it and when to do it. But sitting in His presence, that becomes one of those, First Corinthians chapter 12, those spiritual endowments that God gives us. Is God is able to impress you with the how and the when. You know, I was, I was facing a life-threatening disease here a few years ago. And in the process, I did not know how to break it. I, I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't get out of what I was going through. I could not break it. It seemed like the more I would do, the more I would help it. <laughs> but so I, I said, Lord, but I know You know. Dedicating the time, cultivating His presence, sitting in the presence of the Lord. And it was so wonderful because during that process of God, He began to impart, everybody say impart, impart a wisdom of how to break it. And what He simply said to me was this. "Is said, Jerry, there's been a lot of wrongs that is mounted up against you in your past. What he said, you've done a lot of people wrong. And he didn't have to do 20 reasons why I knew that. I knew I had failed people. I knew I there was people that I had done wrong. And he said, even though you sought my forgiveness and I've forgiven it, there's people that are holding grudges against you which has released these things over you. So he said, Jerry, I want you to spend the next several days... Going back to those people, and God gave me a list of the wrongs that were mounted up against me, where they had not forgiven me, and they were—it was a pretty long list. And so, I said, "Jerry, this is what you're to do." These were impressions that I received. You know, said these were, these were God imparting answers into me, how to break that attack that I was under. And so, that's what I did. I spent the next several days connecting, writing letters, doing what I could do, trying to find people. God had me all go all the way back to 10 years old. I'm sorry I had to pull that pacifier out of your mouth at age 10, but I wanted it. <laughs> uh, but that's what God had me do. That, not that particular story. wasn't the pacifier, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but And what I did was I spent the next several days writing my wrongs And when I got completed On the day of my completion Things began to break Only God knew What was holding back and only me being in the presence of God could bring that change. Amen. Let me get on through. Wisdom, Lord. Number five is things that are imparted—the uh, might of God. The Lord's telling you to do something, wanting you to do something, but you can't do it. That—that's that, because. Go ahead and start me if you would. That, that, thats because we don't have the might to do it. That might is a supernatural, spiritual thing. Did you know that? That's why it said in the book of Ephesians We're strengthened with might By His Spirit In our inner man Literally, I I could not do it I I could not do So many times What God wanted me to do Uh, Number one, I didn't have the ability Number two, I wasn't smart enough I I I couldn't even figure it out But sitting in the Spirit of God Is something about God's strength It begins to ooze to the inside of you. That's why the Bible says you can enter in to get the grace of God. That means every weakness that we have in our life, God will ooze His grace into us to make all of our weaknesses strong through His strength. That's why the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not me. It's Him. The only part that we had to play was sit in His presence and believe that He could do it. We could talk while on the might of God, but let's close out by talking to the last one. Sitting in or standing or kneeling in the presence of God with a great desire to be closer to God. It releases a power of surrender and release into our life. I may have a hard time explaining this to you, but it releases an ability into us to surrender the things that we need to surrender and to release the things that we need to release. It's a supernatural work. I mean, how many times I would go for years and say, God, I can't surrender that to you. I know you're dealing with me all that. I just can't surrender it to you. But sitting in the presence of God brings a power of God that gives us ability to surrender and to release to him. Now, there's two Hebrew words. There's several Hebrew words that have to do with praise. There's two major ones that have to do with praise and worship. One of them is a toedown. And Toda is expressed by the hands going up. This is Toda. That's when I, in the presence of God, I surrender to you. See, my hands are up. I surrender to you, <laughs> Lord. I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender to you. There's something about drawing the presence of God into your life when you're needing to surrender. And the Bible calls it Todah. It's it's the ability. But all through the Old Testament, this type of praise would bring miraculous victories in people's lives. So whatever it is, I just Todah you, Jesus. I just surrender. That comes in His presence. But the last one, that's where we're close with it, is Yadah. Yada is not expressed in this. Yada is expressed in this. Yada is the strength of God that comes in His presence that I'm able to release things to the Lord. It's, it's a sense of holding me up into the presence of God. It, that's why your hands are go from this to this in Yoda. Do you know that right today? Jesus has His hands this away and He has His hands holding you up. That's why He ever lives to make intercession for you. That is intercession. That is Him taking your place holding you up into the presence of God. So today, Jesus is praying for you and He's not dying. He is the high priest of the praise. And He's holding you up right now (laughs) into the presence of God. But the second element that I want to share, the second element of intercession, He says. Intercession in the presence of God is God interceding for me, holding me up because He loves me. And as he holds me up into the presence of God, man, I am changed. Wow. Man, I am changed. How many of you can sense God changing you right now as as Jesus is holding you up into the present man? Man, God changes everything. Man, God changes your body and God changes your direction. God God changes that. Man, right now I can just feel my presence. But God has also given me that power over those I love. Because not only is Jesus an intercessor, but you and I are intercessors. So in Yada, I can take those that I love, those that I want to help and I've been unable to help them, those that I've been wanting to change, and Lord knows I taught myself to them blue in the face and they still won't change, the, those circumstances that I cannot find any hope for, Jesus says, release them. And you and I literally take a hold of circumstances and people that we deeply love, even circumstances that have resisted change and people that have resisted change. In the presence of God, <laughs> I hold them up to you. I hold them into your breath. And as we do that, day after they are metamorphood. <laughs> they go through transfiguration. Because everything that's placed in the presence of God changes. Every circumstance that's placed in the presence of God changes. So I want to close that this morning. Do you have anybody on your heart That you're concerned for You've got some situations That's resisted Change in your life Maybe some things That did not want to turn around Maybe some hard-nosed people That just wouldn't listen And you say Lord, I don't know what to do for them And God says In my presence Just release them Hold them up Yada Hold them up to me. I want you to do that. If you've got people on your heart, circumstances that won't change, bring it up just a little bit for me. Would you just stand right where you're seated and begin to lift them up into the presence of God? I don't want you to begin to sense and cultivate... The power of God that's able to change that, Lord, we lift Him up. We lift Him up to You, Lord. <laughs> we lift them up forever, change, forever to be strengthened, forever to be protected, God. Lord, I can't protect them. <laughs> when they was little, I could, Lord. But how do I do it when I can't anymore? <laughs> I hold him up into the presence of the Lord. Ha <laughs> Oh God. We hold him up in your presence, God. Presence, Lord. How many can feel resistance changing? How many can still sense the power of God? The grace of God working as you hold him up into the presence of God. You can sense God bringing change, bringing help, coming to their rescue. You can sense God sending forth powerful angels. Praise God. And all of this comes out of the presence of the Lord.